about what is possibly, unavoidably, one of the greatest fictional characters ever created that I pestered you about for a long time and you finally gave in? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Instantly on my, well, I had a great question yesterday from our friend, definitely not friend of the show, but a friend of <laughs> I say that not because he's not a friend, but because there's no way he listens to this He's a good buddy, show. but there's no way he listens to this podcast. I think I think not too long ago he asked me, do y'all still do that? Oh, my God. I was like, dang, man. Whatever, bro. Uh, but our fr- our buddy... Caleb Coolio. Yeah, Caleb asked me... Well, and by the way, we should mention Caleb has a new album out on Spotify. He does. We should, we should, we should definitely uh, mention that. Really cool. I think it's called... Uh, Lo-Fi Liturgy. Lo-Fi Liturgy by Caleb Cooliot. Yeah, it's really sweet. I've been listening to it all morning. It's been fun. Very good record. Yeah. Um, Caleb's a a really, really good guitarist when it comes to uh, making melodies out of chords. Yeah, and jazz substitution. Yes, yes. So it's really pretty. It's a good one to like play on a chill morning where you're having a cup of coffee. That's what I would say. I think you would agree with that. Um, I would. So, yes, he asked me yesterday at coffee... Who is on your Mount Rushmore of fictional characters? Mm. I love the Mount Rushmore question because Mm -hmm. that structure for a question allows you to have some wiggle room because it's hard when somebody says like, what's your favorite movie? And you're like, like, oh, do I, I guess I have to, like, I guess I have to say Shawshank Redemption, even though I can't remember the last time I watched it. That's why you have to have a back pocket one. That's why I always say Back to the Future. Right. It's just like a Back to the Future. No one's going to argue with that. And... But Mount Rushmore is fun because yeah. now I get to have. Well, I'm now, just saying, if now somebody I get to says, throw a few out "What's there. your favorite movie?" Yeah, I'm. I'm going to just say Back to the Future. By the way, anybody who listens to this probably can tell that this is a little bit later in the morning than the last time we recorded because we came out with a lot more energy than <laughs> <laughs> last time. I think we recorded at like six thirty, which is we're both always awake by then. But it, yeah, it, you know. Um. Look at that squirrel going to inch up to your bird feeder. Yeah, so my, if somebody asks me specifically what's your favorite favorite movie, I'm just going to say Back to the Future. If you if you did Mount Rushmore, that's actually a lot harder for me because I, okay. I have to think a lot more. But my, my, my Mount Rushmore of uh, fictional characters includes... Includes. Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Albus Dumbledore. Of course. Now Ted Lasso. Mm, yeah and i haven't the fourth one's tough like i don't have like a i I had a hard time with that yesterday and i don't i don't know if i've landed yet. see i'm going with like um samwise gamgee wow um i'm going with um for me it's there's a this is a multiverse thing, but it's either Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Like I, I was think also, Spider-Man, Caleb had Caleb had Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man is one of the greatest characters ever for several reasons. And, um, there's a squirrel in my bird feeder. I am so angry right now. I'm, I'm just, your- gonna, I'm just going to keep doing the podcast, but, um, but then we're going to take care of this problem. But, um, Anyway, so yeah, I think Spider-Man's one of the greatest characters ever. The thing I loved about Spider-Man as a seventh grader was he's a superhero, but he can't pay rent. Mm, yeah. You know, and now we have like a black Latino Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Mm. So um, yeah, so Samwise Gamgee, Spider-Man, um, whatever iteration. Um, and I think Ted Lasso belongs yeah. up there, you know, and I would also say Remus Lupin. I yeah. love Ooh. Remus Lupin. Wow. 
I love I love Lupin too. Yeah, there's just some there's some things about Lupin that are super special and unique, and yeah. I really appreciate. There's some decisions by Lupin. There's some cool things about him. Yeah, I, I so I struggle with with the fourth one because Caleb Caleb asked me uh, would SpongeBob not go on there, and you know I think like seventh grade me would be really upset if I didn't put spongebob on there but i don't know i mean like such a hard hard question um here's the thing though i think if i were going to do this for lee um i don't know that i would have put sam wise game g on there for him but (laughs) i don't know if y'all realize i'm trying to stall because lee just threatened to throw his shoe a squirrel that was on his bird feeder. All I see is you had a shoe in your hand. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? I was honestly, throw a shoe at a squirrel. <laughs> oh, I should have just set Yoshi on the squirrel. Yeah, Yoshi, would you defend our bird feeder? I'm sorry, I missed a couple words there, but I know I was trying to stall. But look, here's the thing: is from the moment that Christy and I started watching Ted Lasso, like honestly, the Ted Lasso show was a gift to us during the pandemic because in a time of such upheaval and weirdness, it was just so kind. Mm-hmm. It was so encouraging and so kind. And yeah. I was like, Thomas, you have to watch Ted Lasso. And you're like, I don't have Apple TV. And I'm like, I'm telling you to get it. <laughs> telling you yeah. it's worth it yeah. but now you guys waited so long that you could just burn through the whole thing oh yeah it's like a huge weeks. blessing yeah no it's been less than three weeks we're halfway through <laughs> the last season and it's i bet it's been eight days i mean <laughs> i told lee this we're at our worst and our best when we're at our actually more so our best but like there's also just like we stay up till midnight and right now our, our kid last night was the first night our kid has slept he he I literally asked the Lord Jesus before bed, mm. can this child please sleep till 8 a.m.? Cue the doxology. And I literally, I made it more specific. I said, Lord, please. I mean, uninterrupted sleep till 8 a.m. Not, yeah. we finally get up at 8 after a night of thrashing, which has been the last three nights. Yeah. Um, and 8.03, he came into the kitchen and I had his egg ready this morning. Mm. He so eats it, eggs? Oh, yeah. He's not like his dad. No, his dad, it was weird thing about me. I don't eat eggs. But I like to cook an egg, and I'm good at it. How you want it? Sunny side up, over easy. Poached. Well, I don't poach that. <laughs> Anything that has to do with the direct smell of an egg. Let me ask you something, Lee. I'm ready. When somebody has a very putrid scent that may be caused by a certain food they've eaten, what do people say it smells like? Like, most people say that Tuna? smells like eggs. Fish? No, I'm talking about like, if, you, if you pass gas fish you you say fish i've heard a lot of i've heard i've always heard like rotten eggs fish like, huh? why do we eat something that smells like that or egg salad <laughs> i don't like egg salad but i don't like mayonnaise but our buddy david beltran in madrid he would dump buckets of mayonnaise on anything that was one of the most shocking things about me about being <laughs> for me about being in spain how much Just, mayonnaise people consume yeah like every meal, like do you the have Spanish mayonnaise? economy runs on mayonnaise. Yeah, do, is there mayonnaise? Is there? It's like, like more than we use ketchup, but oh. used in the same manner. N- yeah, no, like, but like, but to to like 
to a factor of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, someone asked me, do y'all not do this with mayonnaise? And I was like, no, 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 no. no. Like, yeah. We don't go anywhere near mayonnaise the way y'all do. Ugh. Oof. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. The mayonnaise consumption in Spain is tough. Yeah. There's like a Jim Gaffigan bit in there somewhere or like a John Mulaney bit or something like that. It's the thing where Gaffigan says that uh, ranch dressing tastes like buttermilk and sadness. <laughs> Man. Welcome to Ancient and New. This is a podcast in which T and I will discuss some some scriptures that have been encouraging us or challenging us, and um, and hopefully they'll do the same for you. You got a word for us there, pal? Sure. Buddy of mine? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to ask you. I'm ready. Um, have you... Uh, have you ever... Uh, sorry, I just got shaken up because... One of our parents' day out programs just sent a picture of Jude sitting by a sign that says, uh, happy first day of preschool. And he is, I mean, look at this. It just shook oh, me Oh, stop. Up. If you say, hey, will you show me your teeth? He One just goes, <laughs> and it's the cutest thing of all. Oh, I didn't realize she sent us like last year versus stop. this year. Oh, no. That's look at last that. last year? Yeah, that's crazy. <gasps> Because he was wow. seven months old last year. Now oh he's my word. 19 months. Look at him. I mean, unrecognizable. Looking looking a little bit like Lean Coase in that new picture. Yeah. He does look like my dad. Um, have you ever experienced, like, total darkness? Yes. Really? Yes. So I would... I've slept in a cave. Okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I, I remember... Uh, I also was camping outdoors one time in the Pyrenees... Uh, and it was overcast. Mm. Uh, there was no city around. Like, you're in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. So, when, when it's overcast, there's no stars. Yeah. You're just... It's It's dark. dark. Yeah. I remember uh, a few years back, I was uh, in a cave just in the middle of, like, the bougiest part of Knoxville. Like... Were you... Was that with Michael Gary and yeah. Joe? Yeah, and Jacob. Um, but there's, like... There's, this pl- there's, a, there's a neighborhood in, like... You know, those of you from the Knoxville area know, like, off North Shore Drive, like, it, it's as bougie as it sounds. Like, you hear the word North Shore, you think, oh, this is a fancy neighborhood. Remember when we drove T. Higgins out there? And he yes. was like, man, these houses are big. And you and I just looked at each yeah, other. Like, like, dude, you don't even we're know. like, dude. Wait four years. Yeah, four in four years. Yeah, <laughs> which is probably true. I haven't seen his home in Cincinnati, but I'm sure. I'm sure. If, look, uh, if you were... If you were f- if you were three yards away from becoming a Super Bowl Super Bowl MVP, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, anyways, uh, so out there off of North Shore, there's a another little area called Keller Bend, which is like okay. really just really fancy neighborhood. But there's it literally on a hillside, you have to cut up somebody's driveway and go through their backyard sneakily. There's just a giant hole in the hill, and you can crawl down. It, it's like really well known, but you have to be really sneaky about it. Um, cause it's not like, Hey, anybody can come to this. It's like, private property. Yeah. If you got caught, you'd be in trouble. But, uh, we went up there and we made it to the bottom of it. And then Michael was like, Hey, everybody turn off your headlamps. And that is, it's a different thing. Total dark. You can feel it almost. Yeah. Like, there's when you can't see your hand in front of your face. Right. And there's not like, and we were far enough down where it's like, you, it's not like you could turn around and look up and you would see a sliver of light. It was like, no, we have gone through so many turns and twists. There's nothing creeping through here. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Ancillary question. Can like, can, if you close one of your eyes, can you see the end of your nose? Yes. Okay. 
What's, why? Can you see your lips? Like, your lips are so huge. Yes. I, I can't see. I mean, I can do that. I can see them without doing that. <laughs> without even. Bro. <laughs> Chill. All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Total darkness. You're in the cave. Yeah. It, like, for those of you who haven't experienced that, I, it's different within, like, uh, like, if you found a closet in your basement and turn the lights out. It's very dark. It's total darkness, probably, but like Not it's a different feeling when you're uh, half a mile under the earth and you realize, oh, if our lights, if like if our batteries all died, it's we can't get out of here. Dude, yeah, we're we're stuck. And um, and like if we tried, we would probably break our necks because we're we're like at one point you like walk across a log that goes over a ravine. Nope. Like I'm out. Yeah. Anyways, fun for me, but for Lee, no. Um, and yeah, it's just like a different, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Um, so I read this, this is the first time I've noticed this in a very well-known Psalm, Psalm 18. Sorry, I didn't tell you. Um, if you've never read Psalm 18, I recommend you do. It's, it's quite delightful. Ooh, I didn't mean to say that word. And it's, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll some s- of insiders will know why that was funny to yeah. us. Um, or if you just read the psalm, like I said, you would know. So I'll just read verse 27 and 28. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. I don't really know what that word means, but there you go. It means like uh, conceited. Okay. Stuck mm. up. Yes. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Never. Okay. I've, I've read this. Who knows how many times? Many times. Yeah. I usually read through the psalms two times a year. And I've been doing that for a while, at least. Yeah. Plus, like, this is one of those that you just go to when you're leading a Bible study every once in a while. You're like, yeah. well, let's do Psalm 18. We haven't done that one in a minute. It's really good. So, a lot. And I had never noticed the, my God turns my darkness into light. And the one before that, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Um, the crazy thing about, like, being in complete darkness like that, if if a little light does show up, like a little bit goes a long way really quickly. Like if you're in, if you're in the bottom of a cave like that and someone opens their phone, you're like, Whoa, all of a sudden I can see a lot because my eyes were so adjusted and so used to the darkness that I'm just consumed by it. My, my pupils are as big as they possibly can get because I'm trying so hard to find whatever, whatever light I can. And then when you see a little bit, it it, like, there's not an amount of darkness that can keep it out. Right. Yeah. Like the reason why we're in the bottom of that cave and we can't see anything is because there's a lot of twists and turns and there's rocks that block the opening of the cave. And we're, you know, half a mile under the earth and there's, we, we've hung a right and a left and we've, we've gone down and over things and there's, there's just no way the light can get through that. But if you're in the middle of that and a tiny bit of light comes through, it's pretty much unstoppable. Um, and it's, mm. and it, it really changes everything. Yeah. yeah. It changes the perspective of the whole situation. So, uh, when you're, I keep going back to this situation cause it's the last time I remember being in complete and total darkness and actually having a little bit of fear. And it, it wasn't even, it was almost like panic. Like we all turned our headlights off and you could feel it happen. And then you have this moment of realizing what if they don't turn back on? It's already night outside. It's raining. The only people who know we're here are, um, like this is before Maddie and I are together. It was like wow. Kristen and Mary Alex. And I don't know if they know how to get here or not. And I don't really know if we told them. Kristen, so Kristen's not going down that cave. Yeah, Kristen's not going down that cave. 
so like all that starts going through your mind all of a sudden. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you feel that way. I'm not talking about like being in a cave, but metaphorically, you're just in a situation where everything feels dark or a season or whatever. And then you start realizing like my thinking, all the things that are going on in my mind are all kind of shaped by the lack of light around me. Does that make sense? Like when you're sitting, when we were sitting in that cave and we turned our headlights off, I felt myself start feeling for help, which is so silly. I'm just sitting solidly. There's no holes around me. There's nothing I can fall or trip on. I'm just sitting. But I felt myself internally thinking like, I need help right now because this is crazy. And all of a sudden, I don't know if I can get out of here. What if, what if our headlights don't come on? What if, what if my friends walk off and leave me? What if like, am I upside down? Am I sitting right side up? I have no idea anymore. All of a sudden everything is completely disjointed or whatever. And then we turn our lights back on and it was like, okay, cool. We're good. We fine. Yeah. I'm not stuck here. I'm not going to be here forever. Um, and when I read this the other day, my God turns my darkness into light. Uh, and even before this, you Lord, keep my lamp burning. Um, I just, I just was reminded of like in seasons of that in my life where everything feels dark, everything feels shaped and reflective of the lack of light around me. My outlook on all situations are, are situated by the darkness that I'm going through or the way I feel in the moment. Um, if I can find just a sliver of light in that, it's crazy. Uh, if I can, if I can look for just a flicker, a glimmer of light, knowing that the Lord turns my darkness into light, that, that Jesus is the light of the world. If I can look and find just a little bit of light, And then if I can tell myself that is the truth in this moment right now, whatever the season is, whatever the Lord is light. The Lord turns my darkness into light. If I can attach myself to that and then start to let that shape what's going on around me, it can help me immensely to stop, to, to just try to find a little bit of it and to remind myself that I know this is true. Um, A little bit of light goes a long way in a really dark scenario, a tiny bit of just the lightest thing. Um, and starting to notice that and realize that helps me personally to start seeing things differently. Um, instead of like total pitch blackness, I can start making out shapes. I can start, I can start reminding myself of things that are true. I can, I can stop telling myself like I can stop the panic because I start seeing the things around me and remembering, okay, in this cave, I'm not by myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall and die. I have two of the strongest people I know over here and one of the most emotionally strong per- people I know. Here. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it, I don't know if I, I'm trying to make sense of this, but I just, I think I was just reminded that in a season that feels this way, where everything feels really dark, if I can take a moment and a beat and start asking the Lord to show a little bit of light in that, He will. And I need to be. I need to try to get to a place where I can kind of like, I can start making it out and wrapping my mind around it Yeah. because it's really cool. What then happens from there? That's I'm, I still feel like I'm not, I haven't completely so connected the thought, but when, when I was, um, I was speaking, uh, a few months back on, no, I guess last year at this point on the, like the, I am statements of Jesus in the gospel of John. And one of them is I'm the light of the world. And I did a bunch of research on, like the way your eyes adapt to the dark. Mm-hmm. 
it's actually it's a process called uh, dark adaption, and basically like pretty self-explanatory. You have well, like you have two kinds of cells in your eyes. You have the rod cells and the cone cells, and one kind of cell does like like the mass like macro information gathering mm. and it's like not a lot of resolution not a lot of depth perception mm-hmm. no color those are the the rod cells and then the cone cells are like not the big massive shapes but like intense like tiny definition texture mm-hmm. uh you know depth perception and color and all that kind of stuff yeah what happens when you get in the dark is the cone cells just turn off and the rod cells take in like less information and they do more with it. Mm. And so then it takes like two hours to get to peak dark adaption. Yeah. But you see basically shapes in black and white. Yeah. Okay. So that you don't die. Yeah. As you're trying to move around. If whatever light there is, is gathered by the rod cells and turned into like a black and white map of the area. Yeah. When you're in a cave, that's not even available. Mm. And then, but it takes that process where you can actually see in the dark. People talk about your night vision. That's dark adaption. It takes two hours to get there. Mm. If any light comes into the situation, the cone cells turn on like any like splash light, like good light comes into the, then the splash light, the <laughs> a water adapted flashlight. <laughs> Did we just become millionaires? Sure. Um, then, like immediately, just like boom, if there's a, a good source of light, yeah, the cone cells turn back on. You get color, texture, depth perception, all of it, and light adaption takes nanoseconds. Mm-hmm. It takes no time, and I think that's such an exciting thing to think about. Yeah, that, like it takes you a long time in the dark to feel like you have any ability to move around or you mm-hmm. have any idea where you're going when light shows up, you immediately know where you are. Yeah. And that's what I think is exciting about this scripture, you know? Yeah. Thank you. For some reason, when you were talking, like there was something about like the, the being in the dark and the light coming on that reminded me of this episode of tiny tomb adventures. You probably never even heard of that show. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I would walk home from school and, um, I would turn on, uh, the, like the chipmunks show. And then there was uh Woody Woodpecker, mm-hmm. which would you say Woody Woodpecker is a pileated? Yeah, woodpecker? A pileated is he? Okay. I was confused about that because when I started learning about birds from you, I was like, what kind of, it's obviously not a downy woodpecker, no. but it could have been like a red bellied or something maybe, but he's pileated. Yeah. Anyway, but people say that pileated is the largest woodpecker in North America. Yeah. And that's people who don't believe that the ivory billed woodpecker still exists. There's one bigger than the pileated? Yes, theoretically. Because the pileated woodpecker is huge. Literally the uh like the society that basically decides if something is extinct or not is like any day now gonna make the decision if they're gonna continue to offer like this just blows my mind. So like there's a woodpecker that people say is extinct that lives in swamps along the Mississippi river, like up to, up to Illinois, basically like through Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi, all that, like with their swamps, the ivory bill woodpecker could technically exist. And it's big. Yeah. No, I mean like if you saw one side by side with a pileated, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that one's technically bigger, but they're about the same size. See this. I'm so glad we're doing this because 
I just, <laughs> I want the people to know that there are sections of your brain that never get used by your vocation. Yeah. No. That like so much, so much Wikipedia, so much reading, so much stuff that just never has an opportunity to come out. Yeah. So <laughs> if you really like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? Like I'm just not, <laughs> but I do personally believe that the ivory bill woodpecker is still alive. And a lot of ornithologists do too. You just, you're going to write down the title. Of <laughs> I'm not yes. a conspiracy theorist. So like, I'm just not, if you, if you are, if you are listening to the show and you haven't skipped past this little banter moment to get to the content and you are somebody who's interested in nature, birding, whatever, yeah. go, go read about the ivory build woodpecker. It's really fascinating. That's fun. And there's, there's ornithologists right now who are like, I have seen them. They wow. exist. <clears throat> and the, the powers that be in North America any day are about to decide, are we going to label this extinct? Which means wow. it no longer gets protection. So like oh. anybody could kill it. Anybody could do whatever with it, which is its problem historically. Like people, people in history have been like, Oh, I found a nest of them. And then somebody goes and kills them because they want to trade and show off this bird. Why? That's so terrible. If you go to Iams nature center in, in South Knoxville, enjoy them. You walk in the front doors, immediately look to your left. There's two mounted ivory bill woodpeckers. It may have been, what? The, may have been the last two mating pair in North America. Maybe. But I personally think there's still something that exists. We're holding out hope. So anyway, yeah. after Woody Woodpecker was the Tiny Toon Adventures. In like 91 or something, they mm. had this really bizarre episode where it had two music videos with Plucky Duck. And um, you don't know who Plucky Duck is. Anyway. I mean, what kind of duck is it? That, I don't know. It's, it's it was the it was the it was the like the tiny tune version of Daffy Duck, Plucky Duck. Anyway, it was the character in the show. But they had uh, two songs by uh, They Might Be Giants, which I didn't know anything about, and it propelled They Might Be Giants into pop stardom. Hmm. But one of them was uh, called Particle Man, and and then one of them was called Istanbul, not Constantinople. Just a great. Istanbul, constant. You know it. Istanbul, it's constant. So there was a moment where it was like completely dark, and then he like lights this match, and it was like that's what came to mind when you were describing this cave. Yeah. Anyway, I want to look at First Peter. Is it? Hmm. Yes, First Peter chapter three. Hmm. And so we are we're going from Psalms to basically the end of the scriptures now. First Hmm. Peter chapter three. We're going to be in verse 10. Mm, figured. You figured? Yeah. You figured it would be f- verse 10? Well, I didn't think you were going to get on here and talk about, like, no. first passage. First no. <laughs> For whoever... I just figured it wasn't going to be in the first passage no. of First Peter. Yeah, that's a problematic section. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Um, you just made my heart beat fast. <laughs> Why? I love that. Oh, you did? Okay. Seeking peace and pursuing yes. it? I was just okay. like, let's go. I love, I, I love this verse. Peace and is a tangible thing. Let's take it. This is the thing that I love about this verse. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know how, like, you know how, like, you'll learn something and then, like, as you go through your life and you experience more things, then you can come back to it. And now you like you learn something else and then you come back to something like this Mm -hmm. and then you see some side to it that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like the, it's like the truth that's evident in the thing is 
goes down into a deeper part of you. Yeah, okay. It's still the exact same thing it always was, but now it means it has a different shade or it means it has a different color to it. It means a different thing to you. Yeah. Um, it's like, a. <laughs> it's uh, anyway. It, so, okay. I have always been aware of this verse. Okay. You know, like whoever wants to love life and see good days, you should seek peace and pursue it. Like yeah. that's a, that's something that I always remember being aware of as a little kid in the Baptist church or whatever. But like, I never knew anything about, um, I never knew anything about hunting. Okay. Until I met certain people. I, when I met like, when I met people like Connor or I met people like Titus or I met people like Jordan and they would talk about what hunting is like or Paul Bingham. And then like, I would go back to verses like this and I would read it. And then you, and then you learn things about Greek and the original language and that word pursue, it means like to chase, to hunt. Like what you're supposed to do is like in your relationships, you're supposed to hunt down peace. And like the, and so it's like this truth that like for me has always been an ever present thing in my life has like, it's like gone. It's like, it gets more color and more texture and more depth the more I learn about what hunting is, which I am not a hunter. Apparently, the only thing I hunt is squirrels with shoes. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> you said that. I was like, oh, I was, oh, I'll, oh, throw, okay. I'll throw a running shoe. The man here with a with a uh, with a, a coon dog and <laughs> is not a hunter. Yeah. yeah, she is a she is a blue tick uh, coon hound. Yeah, but um, but she's taking a nap. Yeah. And I used a, a Hoka Clifton eight to th- to throw. <laughs> that was my weapon I mean, of choice. My favorite thing with my two bosses in the world is that both times they've used shoes to chase off animals. <laughs> if I need raccoon. a if I need a laugh, I think of the time the the raccoon was on Tom's back porch eating cat food and he used the shoe to beat on the wall. Now that, that I think off. about it, the number of the number of wildlife related laughs that you can just pull into memory when you think about the squirrel coughing the uh powdered sugar <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But Tom chasing. Speaking of raccoons, uh, Zacchaeus the raccoon is no longer a resident of Triple C. Uh, yeah. He he lived there for a minute. Yeah, he did. He he really populated. From the moment we recorded that podcast, did we did we say that it was a raccoon at that point? No, we didn't know. No, we didn't know. We said it was a large animal. Yeah, we had a ra- wait. I, no, no, I, no, no, we, no I, we knew. We knew. No, we didn't because I said I bet it's a possum on air. No, because. Uh, you said it was a possum on the text thread. When we recorded the podcast, I was mentioning the time that Tamara and Kristen moved it down the thing, and then you saw it, and you were like, whoa, and you almost fell <laughs> yeah, off the ladder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, oh, he's back. Is he? That little punk. Um, in any case, uh, so I've learned things about hunting since then, which I am not, as I go into this part of this conversation, understand I am not an expert on hunting, okay? But like... Motion granted. But like you know, hunting, like you have to, you like, you have to set something up. You Mm -hmm. have to dress in a certain way. There are things you can't wear. There are things you can't smell like you have to like cover your own bodily scent. You have to lie in wait. You have to like, you don't, in other words, like you don't stumble upon peace in your relationships. Mm -hmm. That's not the way peace and relationships work. You have to prepare for it. You have to smell right. You have to dress right. You have to go for this thing. And when I learned things about hunting and then found out that like pursuit is about like, it's about chasing, it's about hunting. Like that in relationships to, to avoid drama is not something you're going to stumble upon. Yeah. 
it has to be intentional. That what that's done for me. This is just so it's like one of these nerdy things I enjoy. It's just like it's taken a truth that's always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like you should seek re- peace in your relationships. Yeah. Uh, whoever would love life and and see good days, you should avoid drama and seek peace. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, duh. But like now that I learned what that word means and now that I've vicariously learned things about hunting, it's like that truth is going is meaning more and going deeper. It's like those yeah. uh, it's you know what it's like? It's like those Russian uh, dolls. The Do you know Russian what I'm talking about? Dolls? Yeah. yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yes. I okay. know what a Russian nesting doll is. Well, we used to have some, but we lost them like three moves ago. But that's what this truth is doing. It's going down in there like yeah. these. Oh my gosh. Um, I love I love that you a little <laughs> pointed this out. Just Just because of... Like my personality, if I don't have peace in a scenario or with a person, I am so uncomfortable and so uneasy. Yeah, like heart rate goes up, and you're yeah. What I, <laughs> Thomas has a watch who tell that tells him that he's in the danger zone. Yeah, I my, yeah I can my watch knows me better than I know myself, which I'm really actually like. I'm so thankful. That's for a it. great title too. Yeah. You're like you're hitting ten for ten on titles. Well, we've we've had a little time off, so yeah, you're back. I, I'm, yeah, and and it's not six thirty in the morning. Yeah. So let let me let me say what this doesn't say. Okay, am I am I allowed to do that? Please do. That's fun. It does That's not fun say thing. they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek correcting others and pursue it. Wow. It doesn't say they must seek proving others wrong and pursue it. It Dude. doesn't say. They must seek putting others down and pursue it. It doesn't say they must seek uh, making sure others know what's right and wrong. It, like, yeah, the, it doesn't say you're helping me. So right. Much, it doesn't right. say they this must is, seek knowing others or showing others their sin. This is like a pursuit. sermon. Yes. Yeah, so, so this oh, is cool. so good. That's this is kind, like this I, is like this is taking the, the Matryoshka dolls even um, deeper for it's me. It's really kind. Anyways, like, like I'm not. I'm not. This is not me saying like this is what the scripture should say. This is me saying this is what the scripture says, but it says it in a different way. It like Peter could go on and say, yeah. "Hey, as as followers of Jesus, don't do this, this, and this." Instead, he says it in a much simpler way. He says, "You should seek peace and pursue it." Okay, am I like? Are you tracking with what I'm saying right now? Well, yeah, because he, what you're doing in my brain now is you're blowing up like, okay, so translate the things that I've learned about hunting right into what you're saying. Mm. So. You can't go in the woods and smell like a a six three human being, right. And expect a deer to hang around you, right? If you're hunting deer, which I wouldn't. Uh, that's just me. No, I just think deer. I, yeah. I just can't do it. I, yeah. But like, and that's not me judging anybody. I'm just talking about myself. But you can't expect to be successful mm-hmm. in that if you smell like that. And what right. you're saying is, you can't expect to have peace in your relationships if you're correcting people all the time, yeah. or if you have to be right all the time. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Or if if you think the goal of what we're doing here is to tell people how sinful they are and yeah, or to, to sh- call out what they're doing wrong all the time, like or to be the person who always has the floor or yeah. the opinion. Do you want to know who I want to hang out the least with in the world? Say it. People who feel like uh, they have to like prove me wrong, or people who feel like they're always having to correct me or teach me. 
here's what here's what i personally no feel thanks. like yeah as a as a 29 year old male who has been walking with jesus for a while i love being around older folks i love it i love being around you i love being around tom i love being around pots i love being around people who are smarter than me and better than me at things an older folks you know what i mean i mean people who are wiser and more mature than i, I thought you were gonna say sue what <laughs> i thought you were gonna refer to like sue hartman oh no but i i love people who are who are uh smarter yes and more mature than i am i love it yeah yeah because i love to learn mm-hmm. uh i do not like people who think they are that and like to tell me that he, like something that's so attractive about you and about tom and about potsy is that we can hang out and have a blast and the moment that i ask questions about things you're gonna tell me which is great but you're not gonna seek that out without right. me asking for it and it makes me so happy now that doesn't mean there aren't times in our relationship where you don't you haven't had to say to me like, "Hey, can I tell you something?" And I'm ready for that because for so long you have earned we ha- you know like you and I have so much goodwill built up towards each other, right, which yeah, translates right. to peace, honestly. Like yeah. if you think about it, we have a stockpile of goodwill. For me to have to not have peace with you, it takes a lot. Yeah. Cuz we have like our relationship has been built around pursuing that, which is so cool. Whether we know that or not, right? Like I would never wake up and say like today uh, like but over the course of forever i have i've pursued peace with you not like and it's just come out of generosity and goodwill and friendship with each other which is really cool i think it's built this giant like dumpster full of goodwill just the the amount of peace that we have with each other right so they're full of goodwill yeah but like if you start a relationship with me by like acting like you know better and want to teach me things and you're always trying to correct me and you're always trying to show me where I can improve. And like, there's nothing I want to run away from further. Like there's nothing I want to sprint the other direction from people who want to like people who I have the best relationships with are people who like they put peace first, which I just am. I just feel thankful for because I hate not peace. I hate it. I hate not peace. Is it, is that I hate not peace is, is like the the number one line for all Enneagram nines. Yes. I hate not peace. I, and yeah, like to an unhealthy point like, in my life. Like right? you did a not peace. Yeah, you did a not peace. <laughs> yeah, like I know it was funny right before we right before we started the show, our buddy Rob sent a text that was like the other day Rob drove drove me home from something because I didn't have a car. And he took a wrong turn, which is so, right. like Rob sold me my house. He knows exactly where he it is. He knows where it is. Yeah, yeah. he found it and, sh- and sold it to me. Which and he's I, been an Oak Ridge resident for a minute. Yeah, he knows. And he's a realtor, so he knows this place. As the squirrel is pursuing not peace with us right now. As it's going straight to your street. It is pursuing not peace. Um, <laughs> and he, he just took a wrong turn. He came up your street, which is, you know, like, by the books, it's a block away, but it's actually much further. But, like... uh, And I just didn't say anything. And after about 100 yards, he was like, Oh, I took a wrong turn. You knew it, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, but that's fine. Like, I, and then Thomas said, it's just more time with you, buddy. Yeah, but like nothing would make me more, more uncomfortable than to say, Rob, you took a wrong turn. You should yeah. keep going because that would equal not peace. Yeah. And like, honestly, it wouldn't. But like, but, and, but to your point, if you're going to have it, you have to seek it. Yes. You have to pursue it. Yes. You have to hunt it down. Yes. The, the, the human heart doesn't naturally go to not peace. It naturally, no, goes, it naturally to goes to being right. right and sharing opinions and being dramatic. Yeah. So let's, let's hunt down peace. Right. Let's, and even like to close the door on what I started, like it, it's okay sometimes to just like, 
I personally think to eat, eat something like, would it have, does it matter that Rob turned on Delaware instead of California? No, no. Like what, what good would it have done if I would have said, Hey dude, you made the wrong. It's like, we're going to get there. Yeah. It's 30 seconds longer. Like just hold your opinion sometimes, even if it's like, like, you know, like sometimes if somebody says something wrong in a conversation and you know, like who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Also, if it's anything subjective, no one cares what you think. It's really not. Yeah. It's just not. And if you're somebody who hasn't earned it and you're trying to give me an opinion on how I should do something in my life, I'm not going to listen. And I'm definitely not going to talk to you again about something like that. Something I've learned that, you know, it's taken me a long time, but who I give weight to is yes. something that's, you know, it, I've learned it's people who I have the most peace with who well, get opinions in my life. Well, I hope that the, that, uh, for you, the listener, that the same thing is happening. That's happening to me, which is just that a truth I've known my whole life is just going deeper down inside mm-hmm. who I am and, and getting different colors and textures and stuff like that. I just think it's so cool. It's not different than it was. It's just deeper than it was, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, thanks guys for listening. I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. We are about 41 days away from being able to watch Tennessee volunteer football. We're hoping that you're as excited as we are. This has been Ancient and New. You reached down for me. You took hold of me. Lord, you rescued me from my enemy. You reached down for me. You took hold of me. Lord, you rescued me from my enemy. From under deep waters, when I was too weak, in the day of disaster, you came for me. I lifted my voice, and you heard my cry. You parted the heavens, you tore back the Disaster, you came for.